What's up, friends from Valdria Line? This is Joe Rodriguez coming to you from Bristol, Connecticut. And um, I want to start up the show uh, for this ETO podcast, episode number 36. Uh, talking about, obviously, something that has made headlines around the entire world. Uh, something that, uh, for those of us who were big fans of his, I'm talking about none other than Kobe Bryant's passing. Just yesterday at the young age of... 41 in Los Angeles, um, in the city of Calabasas, with his daughter and a few other uh, people uh, in a horrific uh, helicopter crash. And um, I just wanted to um, start off the show talking about him um, because Kobe was somebody that I, as a sports fan, looked up to for a very, very long time. Um Kobe was probably the last individual that I was able to really cherish and think of as far as, man, that's the guy that you want to be like, you know what I mean? Um, and it's so sad. It's so tragic that somebody like Kobe's gone. You know, he's gone and he was only 41 years old. Um, Going to bring in Super Mojado, Super Thank you for joining me as always, dude. Um, I know that this this story transcends. Yes. Hey, hi, everyone. Yes, uh, it's hard to do a show, you know, after something like this happens because, uh, you know, he was an outstanding person. He, he, You never heard anything bad about him. You know, like he, you only heard good things about the way Kobe Bryant was. And uh, it's just, uh, it's touching, even to the people that didn't follow the sport or sports at all, you know. This was a, a guy that, uh, you know, so soon, you know, so soon, especially the daughter, and not just the daughter, but the other, there were two other teammates, uh, right. and that they were only 13 years old. And, uh, you know, it's just heartbreaking yeah it's it's heartbreaking it's tragic it's uh something that um you know you just can't really put words around um i'm obviously wearing my my kobe jersey in honor of uh kobe number 24 this is actually the last the last jersey i ever bought um for myself most of the other jerseys i've gotten as gifts but this is actually a jersey that i bought because Kobe is like again, he was somebody that I, I idolized, you know. Um, when I started working in the sports business, I looked at athletes in a different limelight because I was around them often. But, you know, Kobe again, I grew up with him and idolizing him, and he was like the guy that you were just like, man, you wish you could be his friend. And this is just tragic. It's a tragic situation, tragic incident, and like you said, super extremely heartbreaking and. And then when you talk when you when you you know hear about his daughter also passing at the young age of thirteen, it's it's extremely sad, man. Um, and again, it's something that transcends the world of basketball, the world of sports. Every major news outlet last night uh, or just yesterday when 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 it happened was talking about it. You know, CNN, Fox News, ABC. Obviously, ESPN. I mean, everybody broke into the regular programming just to talk about this, and rightfully so. Um, and it's just sad, again, because it's really difficult to compare. Like, the, the, like some people were actually saying that this is 
in the same realm as like when Elvis died, when John Lennon died. Um, actually, my mom reminded me about this today. Uh, if you compare it to something like this in the world of sports, you got to think about when Roberto Clemente died, who was also extremely young. You know what I mean? Uh, and not only that, but also a future Hall of Famer. Kobe had played out his entire career, and then um, and he's gone, dude. Yeah. He's yeah, gone, man. He's, uh, very unexpected. You know, I, had, uh, I hadn't seen him for a while. And uh, he... He recently started coming out. I, I saw him in uh, giving a press conference in uh, LAFC uh, Stadium at Bank of California. He was talking about the, you know, the Chicharito coming to MLS. He was giving his comments and he was, you know, saying how much it meant for uh, for the league to bring players with uh, with a name like that, you know. And uh, he was actually uh, a, a very uh, Soccer fan. He was a, a one a huge soccer fan. He always uh, he has pictures with a with celebrity you know celebrity sports like right. uh, Messi and and so many others and <coughs> it's just it's just sad man. Yeah, it's just, I can't. I don't have words for it. You know. As a matter of fact, we were there. Now, so let's listen into uh, the last time that we actually got a chance to cover Kobe Bryant. We always said when we first started that you know, when it first started, we were looking at bringing you know stars that um, were at the end of their careers and bringing them to MLS. Now you're looking at MLS going and getting stars in their prime and bringing them to MLS. Now that changes the game drastically. Well, niños, eh, niños es la cosa más importante porque niños son el futuro. Es importante que eh, tenemos el tiempo para ellos, eh, para jugar con ellos, uh, para entrenar con ellos, porque ellos son el futuro del juego. Como, como un atleta es importante porque quieres eh, ver tus hijas eh, jugando, divirtiendo, eh, pero como padre es más importante ver mis hijas que, que tienen un, un gran sorriso cuando están jugando, que están parando siempre. Eh, como padre es más importante. There you have it, Super. I mean, those words, man. What, have you heard it out of his mouth? The yes. connection with his daughters, right? Yes. And we um, also, it, he was, he had a strong ties to the Mexican community because his family is their descendants, uh, Mexican descendants. His, his wife was, I believe, half Mexican. And uh, and everybody, uh, like, I was seeing articles and articles yesterday, and uh, some of them are stuff that you, you didn't even know, and, it, and you, you, you kind of, like, you see this stuff, and you kind of, it makes you smile. Like, I saw one that said that he was a big lover of carnitas, you know, because his wife got him got him right. into it into it so stuff like that it's it's just a nice thing to remember and that that you can actually know that he was he had this type of a connection right. with us you know yeah and uh yeah my brothers are huge basketball fans i grew up playing the sport that was my second sport and uh growing up in mexico and uh you know, it's just I I remember like uh, you know playing basketball and and pretending I was like Jordan and right. Pippen and and all these other guys, and then he's an, he's just as good as in that category. Yeah. Big of yeah, a, a name you know in, in basketball. We're gonna bring in uh, Ramon Chavez, one of our L3 Online contributors. Ramon is a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Uh, Ramon, thank you for taking your time and joining us, man. Um, I know this, uh, this is shocking to you as well, man. So I want you to give me your thoughts and, uh, you know, talk about some of your memories of, uh, Kobe Bryant as a basketball player. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, hi to everybody that, uh, that's listening, uh, all the ETO, uh, family. Uh, yeah, just a very tough couple of days. Um, yesterday was just, it started like a, like a regular Sunday, you know, and, and, uh, me and my girlfriend and I were just, we were out for coffee and, uh, my phone was about to die. So, you know, I, I left it at home discharging. And, and so we get our coffee, we go back, she's, she's going to her parents. So I just, I just go back to my house 
And um, I'm talking with my roommate, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from my dad now. Uh, my dad's like not the type of guy to call you, you know, like most like Mexican dads, unless he like needs something or needs to tell you something. So he calls me, he's like, hey, um, Kobe Bryant died. And I'm like, what? And I thought he was just playing like some weird joke. And I'm like, all right. And so I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm serious. Like, look it up. He, he's dead. And I'm like, what the heck? So I, I go on Twitter. I'm checking it out. TMZ's all over it. And yeah, man, it was just like, it was surreal, you know, because you, you didn't want to believe it. And, um, and yeah, like his, you know, my my passion for Kobe and his his basketball prowess, and then then later in his career and, and after he retired, just as a human being and a father, just it's it's something that I really look you know up to. And I like my earliest memory of uh, Kobe Bryant. Actually, I don't know if you guys ever played the the Nintendo sixty four. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a basketball game called NBA Courtside uh, featuring Kobe Bryant. And he was on the cover of it and just the most pixelated basketball game you can ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, But I remember that was my first game that I ever picked up in Mexico. And I, I really liked the game. And then uh, when we ended up moving over here to the U.S., I found out there was a second one of it. And so I picked that up uh, as well. And, and then to, that's how I kind of fell in love with him. You know, he was he was the closer child of the NBA. And I think this was around 2002, 2003. Um, they had just come off the three championships and I was like obsessed with this guy. Like I, uh, we didn't have cable. So the only way that I could watch the games was on Sundays. So the Lakers were playing on Sundays, you know, they would wear their all white uniforms. Right. And, um, and that's how I would catch them. You know, I don't think I ever watched Kobe and Shaq play together. I think I started following them once they, once Shaq left. Mm. Um, but you know, just everybody wanted to be like him. And in my middle school, like, um, like super was saying, like, um, basketball was my favorite sport for a very long time and and it was because not only is it easier to play basketball here in the u.s and it is soccer sometimes um and then plus it was my dad's actual favorite sport he loved soccer but his number one sport was as a uh had always been basketball and so yeah just following him and then he you know he went through you know whatever what that the stuff that happened in in colorado and and this is like metaphoresis from this young upstart to champion to that incident on, you know, that case that happened in uh, Colorado to just being shunned, basically like embracing that bad guy mentality in the mid two thousands of like having the, the crappy teams and, and then eventually becoming a champion again. And then eventually becoming like the OG, you know, he was, he was there for the new generation for uh, the Kevin Durant and the James Hardens and all these guys that came through after him. And then, you know, in 16, when he retired, it, it, he was pretty much on his last legs. You know, his body had given up on him. And and just like, it, it's like a movie. It's like watching a movie. You know, a young high school kid make it, makes it to the NBA, struggles to get to the mountaintop, falls again, and then comes back up. You know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy that he's in Hollywood. And, he, and unfortunately, you know, the thing that saddens me most is the fact that you know, forget all his accomplishments on the court, forget all, you know, the records and, and all the stuff on the basketball court. The thing with him is that he retired in 16, you know, we were just entering 2020. And so that left him four years of being a full-time father for his daughters. And the fact that he couldn't do that for longer, like, like makes me really sad. Like, you know, because now these these daughters are without their father, and then uh, of course Gigi was with them uh, when the accident happened. So it's it's just a really sad time, and and I know for some people it's like, well, you didn't even know him, you know, he was just a basketball player, right? But you know, he he made people feel an emotion, whether it was good or whether it was bad. And at the end of the day, once he was on playing, you respected him, and you know, I. He kind of even he stated in some interviews that he had stepped away from the game, and he didn't start watching basketball games until his daughter came up to him and said, "You know what? I want to be like you. I want to play the game." And so that's when they started showing up to the basketball games, and and he started, you know, doing all these academy stuff and te- and uh, coaching her team, and it, it's just the like just seeing him, this person that like you saying, Joe, that you idolized growing up, and then moving into that fatherhood, and then suddenly that's just taken away, man, like. I don't think I've ever experienced like a grief like that. And um, like the closest that I can think of is maybe like nine eleven, where like people were just in shock or, you know, even Michael Jackson's death or, you know, I, I remember way back in the day and uh, yeah. when I lived in Mexico, it was uh, Paco Stanley. I don't know if you guys know yeah, about that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember. 
and and uh I was super young, but I remember my my mom and all you know the vecinas and all this stuff just gathering about uh, around the TV because this guy who was a public figure and beloved was was dead, and that's the closest that I can think of, man. And then after I found out the news, I just sat literally sat down in my living room just refreshing Twitter, hoping that it was fake, hoping that it wasn't him. And then it just got worse because it included his daughter. And then it was just just a sad day, man. It was, it was really tough yesterday. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, it's um, a lot of people are very quick to judge and say like, uh, and, and, and truthfully, I mean, I've done that with other personalities. I'm not going to lie uh, and say like, well, wait a minute, you know, this guy was only whatever. You didn't know him. Uh, but when it happens to you, when it happens to an idol of yours, then you're like, holy smokes, like that's how people feel. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, he was a uh, polarizing figure because a lot of people either liked him or loved him or they hated him, you know, similar to Jordan, similar to like LeBron and stuff like that. But what, what, uh, is interesting also, I know that you're from the Phoenix area, uh, Ramon, and obviously there's a big rivalry between the Suns or there was at least when both teams were peaking, um, back in the day, great matchups between the two teams. And I wanted to ask you, dude, so the fact that you know that happened though i mean even then what was the mood or the atmosphere or the vibe or whatever you want to call it right like how was it like after the news broke out in the city uh or in the vicinity of uh, phoenix yeah no um everyone just quick quick to attribute to it's mostly on instagram and, and social media sites now that where where people pay their most respects um uh last night we i i play in a sunday league with uh with uh, my roommate and some friends and so it was just a very solemn mood i guess and i brought my kobe jersey and i had it with me and and i usually play goalie so i, I hung it up on the on the goalkeeping uh, on the goal and uh a lot of people after the game were like hey man you hear about <laughs> uh you hear about the news and and just like uh like, yeah, man, it was just really sad and then just really, you know, like a, a solemn mood. Everybody was giving their their best uh, Kobe memories and, and how they felt about him and um, how great it was to, see, to have seen him play. And just a really good, you know, time just talking about him. And then that's all we can do. We can just remember him and, and you know, give him the respect that he, he you know, truthfully deserved. It's yes, yeah, like I said, it's, it's there's no words to express the way many people feel. Like like believe me, I talked to a bunch of friends and even myself. Uh, I found myself like watching like articles and videos, and I find myself like tearing up a little bit, you know, because this is like I said, this was an uh, a good person. You know, you know how sometimes you see you have players that oh, some people don't just hate because they're like do stupid shit or uh, yeah, or they just said something that bother you. This guy, he was clean, man. I don't, I can't never recall well, something that bothered no. me. Yeah, well, know? I mean, he had that. He he did have the one incident, um, you know, about the the whole rape allegations. Like he went to trial and all that stuff. Like yeah, that that but, was like his one dark moment. So it's not like he was completely clean, you know what I mean? Like, like in many people's eyes, though. He, right? Like, no, absolutely. Was absolutely. It, was it proven? Was he guilty? We don't. No, no, we no. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, there, there, he did have a little bit of, of that controversy. A lot of people would be quick to say, like, oh yeah, well he got out of it because he has money. Uh, they okay. did settle. Well, they did settle. It was a civil case that they settled. They dropped the allegations. You know what I mean? But you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not even gonna get into that. What we do know is the type of person that he became even after that ended up, you know, taking place or that 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 incident, you know what I mean, or situation or allegations. Um, and and most people like, you know, respected the guy. That's just a reality, you know. So and, and again, the the everything about this incident is tragic. But then again, you add the daughter into the mix and then the other family members and other children. It, it's. It's just, it's tough, man. Uh, what uh, would be the, the one thing or the way that you're going to remember uh, Kobe, uh, Ramon? What probably would be the biggest uh, way for you to remember him? Um, you know, I, 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 I want to know, I want to remember him as a basketball player, but I think the, the lasting memory that I'll have of him is there's a video of him and his daughter. I think it was at a Nets game last month circulating where he, again, his daughter was starting to get into basketball. And of course, you know, Kobe being the legend that he is, he wanted to teach her, you know, what he learned. 
And there was an exchange between them that was caught on camera where Kobe was explaining either, you know, a set or a play or something that was going on. And, and then you can just see Gigi, his daughter, just acknowledging, like, okay, like that makes sense. And, and that's, that's why I want to remember Kobe. Um, you know, some, some call him, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a douchebag, an aide, you know, whatever. And like a, like there's an incident in Colorado. A lot of people will remember the bad stuff. But I'm going to remember that moment, him and his daughter at a basketball court, exchanging ideas, learning from each other, Kobe teaching her and moving the game forward. She's the new generation and, she, and uh, you know, well, she, she was the new generation. But at now what I want to remember him as is that mentor, that father, that that figure that, you know, and that's something that I want to point out a lot is that he was a, he's a big proponent of women basketball, pushing that forward. Making sure that they get they get their due diligence and their respect because they are yeah. athletes as well. Absolutely, they they do they do work hard. They they're really good on the court. And he was trying to get rid of that stigma of like, oh, the women they're not that good. You know, it's it's not fun to watch their games. And you know, I was, like me growing up here in Phoenix, I had Diana Taurasi to to look up to and, and know and see the evolution of the women game and. And that's that's why I want to remember him. Um, you know, he kicked uh, Phoenix's ass uh, numerous times. So, <laughs> and, and it, it was that it's that tough, you know, time where like you have your favorite player going against your hometown team, and and sometimes you win, sometimes they win, and and uh, I, you know, I remember all those battles. Are I, I like the thing about this guy, man, is that uh, he, there was a, I was listening to a podcast earlier. I think it was with uh, Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski, and they were pointing out that over the course of his career, he had 121 injuries that he played through, whether yeah. it was a muscle, you know, spasm, a broken finger, whatever it is. And then I think the even though he retired in 16, I think his the end of his career was basically in 2013 when he when he tore his Achilles against the Warriors. Yeah. And if you go back and watch that game, you know, he tore his Achilles. He know he knew he was done. He went to, you know, the bench and then he came back with a broken with the torn Achilles, his leg muscle, you know, basically sliding down into, you know, where his Achilles there is and him he was pinching it so he could walk and make those free throws, you know? That I can just imagine the yeah. pain that he was in, what was going through his mind. He knew his time was up. He was like, just I think he was mid thirties at that point, and you know he's a warrior, he's a competitor. He had played the the game of basketball longer than he had lived, uh, or half uh, half as long as he has lived. And so it, it's just tough, man. Like you, we had, we can name countless memories of Kobe, but that's how I want to remember him: him, his daughter on the court, and then just talking about basketball. You know, wow, man. Hey, uh, Ramon, well, thank you very much for taking your time and uh, giving us your uh, memories and uh, recollections of Kobe as a fan. I know that uh, he's going to be dearly missed by all of us, man. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, that's that's all I can say, man. Really, thank you very much for your time, brother. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And, you know, rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi and everybody else that lost, you know, their lives in that accident. You know, just wish them and their families the best. Yeah, all right. So that was uh, Ramon uh, Chavez, our ETO contributor. Um uh, again, Ramon, a big, uh, big time Laker fan, big time Kobe Bryant fan. So, and it's uh, it, it's gonna be tough for many, many years. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, like you know, these days are, are gonna be tough for a lot of his uh, close family members. And um, you know, what can we do? Um, you know, like uh, they say, every time something like this happens, the games have to go on and people have to continue and play. You know, he was a big, big, big time soccer fan, and obviously, that's what we're spending a lot of time. Uh, talking about him because, like, you know, he, again, he transcended the sport. And um, for those of you that may not know, he actually grew up or spent uh, a lot of his um, years as a youth in Italy. He was fluent in Italian, and he was a huge soccer fan because of that as well. Uh, when his dad, um, uh, Joe uh, Bryant, uh, played uh, in Italy. So, and again, it sucks because we lost a big proponent of the beautiful game, and it's um, and it sucks, man. For sure, for sure, Joe. And uh, I mean, his his new, basically his new era was just beginning. And uh, and and like you said, I think he he had a lot to give to the sport. And uh, now it just won't happen, you know. All right, super. So I think um, uh, it's really difficult to pivot. Uh, but you know, as I mentioned just a little while ago. 
uh, you know, the games go on, right? The games go on, yes. and uh, unfortunately, life life goes on, and uh, you know, it doesn't stop for anyone. It doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you are, what you know, what you, you've accomplished, you know. Um, and the only thing that we can do is pay our respects to to the man. Um, now, I wanted to uh, get into uh, obviously what we like to talk about here as well, um, which is Liga MX. Uh, you know, obviously uh, another um, uh, weekend. It's, we're in round three officially now, and uh, it appears as though uh, Chivas are still undefeated. <laughs> that's really that's really what I can say. Yes, I, I I don't know how you would qualify them right now, but at least they're undefeated, right? Yes, still uh, they have a long way to go, man. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we've been getting those injuries. We got three people out right now. Chapito Sanchez is gonna be out for three weeks. Uh, Vega was already uh, was gonna be out for two weeks, and uh, and Macias, we don't know exactly now when is he's coming back, but uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's like it's not too bad, but it, the it, I think we were we were expecting a lot more, and uh, I mean I don't like I said I the way that the game went this weekend I think they could have done a lot more. Uh, Tena just like once he got the red card he just put the bus on the goal, and uh, it was I I think to me in my opinion it was the wrong move you know because. He just gave the ball to Toluca, and that's why they ended up tying the game. Well, uh, what I want to do now, Super, is actually I would like to introduce one of our newest members of El Tri Online. Um, you may or may not be familiar with him, but uh, he actually played for Tigres, part of the Carteras. Edwin Cáceres is joining us. Uh, he's going to be our analyst uh, here for El Tri Online. So, Edwin, we want to welcome you to El Tri Online, brother. Hey guys, how are you? Very well, brother. Thanks for joining us, man. So, well, you know, really quick, I want to get first of all your first uh, thoughts about Chivas and what you think of them so far this season. So the thing is with Chivas is everybody's under uh, paying way more attention to the to their uh, players they're coming. They came for the season to the new incorporations for the season, and you're not looking at the players that stayed for this season and they're actually the ones carrying the carrying the team. You actually pay attention in every starting eleven for the past for the past couple of games, um, including the Copa the Copa MX. There's nothing but players that have been playing with them since last season. The Luis Fernando Tena like has confidence with them. And honestly, on, the only one that's actually carrying the team right now, it could be Macias, but other than that, she was doing pretty well and is not really using their, their new incorporation. Well, yeah, but I I would have expected him to use a, a, at least. Uh, Introducete, like... canijo. No sabe quién eres. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> well, wait. Understand who's the show? Introduce me, man. El super mojado here, uh, welcoming you. You know, uh, so rude of me. Uh, welcome to the team. And uh, but thank you, guys. Appreciate and, it. And if you didn't realize it, yeah, I'm a Chivas fan. <laughs> so, anyways, I can see that. I can see I, that. I think personally, I think he that he could be using at least two more players from from uh, the refuerzos. Uh, okay, so you know? so which one are you the players? Which one are the players do you think he could be using? I think Chicote Calderon has a lot of potential, and he showed it I mean, in in, uh, in Necaxa and La Selección. So. Uh, I think that he yes. Why would you move? Why would you move players? They're on the starting eleven. They're they're doing they're doing great right now. They're actually giving you the result that you needed from last season. And why would you move players there and giving an opportunity no, uh, I, I, to a player that has not shown recently what he was worth? I'm sorry I, for the for the game that he played in Copa Amerikis. To me, it wasn't a starting eleven potential. Yes. Well. Uh... I think that yeah, I don't know. I think he he during that game. I mean, he put all of the reforzos uh, uh, during that Copa game, and uh, yeah. it didn't work for him. Uh, I don't know if he it was his his strategy that he used. No. Or, uh, so 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 whenever so if you look at the starting eleven in Chivas, it's more about um, communication and the way the way they're playing. So if you look in their their midfield, their Chofis Lopez, Beltran. 
and Molina are doing great. They're they're playing a three. They're playing three in the middle. They're playing four three three, right? So this like this place uh, this last uh, game against uh, Toluca, it was it was Beltran. It was Molina Beltran on the left and Trophy Lopez on the right. We had they had Antuna, they had Ronaldo Cisneros, and they had um, Venezuela. So what would you change that the the line of three just being solid during the games? And and move it around. What would you change that starting eleven that's giving you the results that you needed? Well, I think, like I said, putting them uh, all all at once in the Copa, he showed that it's not gonna work like that. I think that you're right. You know, last he finished great last season. He won uh, what five games out of the last six, I think. And uh, so, I think it's great that he kept like the like the core of the team. But I think that he should have incorporated not just that one loss that we got from Polito, but he could have incorporated a couple more players. Like I think Ponce, in my opinion, I think he he needs to give an opportunity that, to to Chicote. That's where he was playing in Ecaxa, right? Yeah, yeah. In that position, so I think he would fit well. Yeah, but go ahead. Okay, so if you look at if you look at in the defense in the defensive way, uh, Chicote is more of an attacking player. He's right. more like a Miguel Ayun. If you look, if you look at Miguel Layun, he's not a great defender. Same as I'm sorry for the uh, for um, comparing him to like Marcelo, let's say from Real Madrid. They're not players that they're doing great defend defensively, but on the way attacking, yeah, it's great for right now. Chivas, Brizola, Tuna, and Macias, who is usually the start in the start. Um, I think that's that's more than enough, and you have to take care of the defenders, which is the the thing that Chivas struggled the most last season. Yeah. Hey, uh, I got a question for you, uh, Edwin, really quick. So in your opinion, uh, you're saying that the team is getting results, but uh, uh, the draws, are they the results that they're expecting? Or are, is you know, because I mean, at least from the fans perspective, right? Because when the fans look at it, especially also mm -hmm. when you take the into account the defeat against Dorados, I don't think those are the results that, you know, the good results that people are expecting. I mean, honestly, honestly, to me, all you got to care about is the league. All you got to care about is the Copa, the Copa MX. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a trophy that you can win. And, uh, I mean, it gives you prestige. It gives you another star in your crest. But you you got to worry about the, you gotta worry about the Liga. And if tying games in the Liga is going to get you into, into La Liga later on, it's going to give you those points that you might need at the end of the season. Then, honestly... I see your perspective, but at the same time, here's what I'm thinking. If you're Chivas, right, and you spent all that money, that means that you have, uh, you know, a lot of players. And technically, and in theory, you should be able to handle both of the tournaments. Yes. Isn't that right? And you got to aim for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say, oh, we're going to throw the Copa because that's 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 a failure. It's a failure right there. I mean, yeah, you're, well, yeah but you're not saying you're, you're throwing the Copa. You're throwing the Copa. Away, or you gotta say you gotta concentrate on the on the thing that's gonna give you more prestige. What is that? The Copa MX or the Liga MX, right? No, no, so if yeah. you put that on a if you put it, if you put that on a scale, I mean, I rather I rather win the Liga MX and be able to take care of the uh, title of America on trophies than get another trophy that's not really matter to me. Yeah, no, and I think that's a fair point that you make. You know, we're not we're not talking about the value of like Liga MX versus. Uh, Copa MX. I think most of us would agree that Liga MX is more important. What we're basically saying is that we feel, at least I feel, I shouldn't speak for Super, but I feel as though Chivas spent enough money to be able to take on both of the tournaments. So that's why I'm just curious if you actually think that, you know, due to the amount of money they spent, that they actually are getting the results that they were expecting. Well, you gotta you gotta, you gotta look at this. The, one of the one of the their biggest um, their biggest transfers for Chivas and the the most expensive one was Pocho Guzman. And yeah. look what happened. You can't True. really you can't really yeah, count your, you can't really count yourself on and expecting that all those all those new players are gonna work on your system. You gotta you gotta put those players that that you have the confidence with. Are you given the confidence last season and save literally save your job? Uh, okay, and, but and just you on the board of confidence. Okay, but then are you saying and that yes. are you saying that Pelaez made a mistake by bringing these players that don't fit into Tena's uh, like philosophy? No, no, but 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 what you can what I can say is that the these players that came to the team now they they gave them that edge of competitiveness to the new, to the players that were already on the team, and so now 
you have a you have a great internal competition that brings the best out of everyone. And this is why the players that were last season there are playing now, and these players they're coming up. I'm not I'm not saying that by the seventh game, um, Ponce Ponce will be playing good, and then Chicotas might take his spot. Yeah, it could happen. But right now, those are the players that are giving you the result that you need. Then you gotta keep them. No, but, but okay, but I don't agree with like like I think. A, a a tie at home. I know there was consequences like like, you know the the red card. The red card, yeah, that's the red a big card. deal. Yeah, but yeah, again, yeah. but yeah. again, I I think that we've seen again and again we've seen teams that have uh like a ten ten men that end up with ten men. Sometimes they end up winning the game and they play better sometimes. Yeah. and it's like, I don't know. It's just that I think Tena is being way too careful. He's being he's playing a safe I mean, way too much. I mean, no. I mean, honestly, you guys, you guys, you guys have to think about his job. It's it's a job at the end of the day, and it, yeah. it's like again, once again, if that's giving you the results, then you got to keep those players on the field. Yeah, no, that that's uh, that's actually a a fair point, you know, because at the end of the day, the coaches are there, you know, either to win games or to tie, not to lose. That's what they're there for to yeah, make sure that they don't lose. So I, yeah, he, yeah. If, if he's yeah. playing it safe, I mean, you could be right. He could be playing it safe, but if if look here, here's the reality: if Chivas ends up going through like halfway through the season, right? After nine games or, or, or seven or eight games or whatever the half of the season is. And they have, uh, they're still undefeated. Even if they only have two or three wins, that's success because you're undefeated already. You know what I mean? Not well, losing is technically considered some form of success. Well, not necessarily because yeah. we've seen this before where Chivas, they haven't, they didn't lose for, uh, you know, many games into the, the season, but they, they got mostly ties. You know, ties don't get you anywhere. You know, and if you're gonna keep tying, tying, okay. tying, tying, it's gonna happen like the I mean, same thing. You, He's gonna feel can, the pressure. You can look at the example from last season with Monterrey. Monterrey was having a horrible season. Turco Mohamed came in, and then they won like six games, and then they didn't lose throughout the Liguilla. Yeah. Right? You can you can look at that. So it's 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 not the coaches don't get hired to make the teams play pretty play good play have that amazing beautiful soccer that everybody wants to wants to see yeah you know, <laughs> a coach is hired a coach is hired to be able to give you results and get you to get you to that goal that goal that you put did you set at the end of the season yeah, for the end of the season yeah, yeah, which not. is getting in la liguilla and and going into the championship being able to play the, the final game yeah not everybody's barcelona that's for sure um Really quick, yeah. I, I wanted to point out uh, Luis Perez just said this uh, as long as they don't lose uh, Tena can slowly Uh, can slowly bring in the refuerzos along. Uh, how many times have they yeah. rushed players and they don't work? Well, yeah, for sure. Like yes, we had we had a lot of examples from from back in the day from what Jared Borghetti, Carlos Ochoa, uh, Orbelin Pineda. Um, well, even with what's his with name the right now? One, right? The only one. With, uh, the, only one the only one that has. Uh, no, I was thinking, and even with Cepillo recently. Oh, Cepillo, yeah, but that was a, you know. Yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Oliver Peralta, they spent a lot. They I mean, that was a bad. A lot of money on him, and and look where he's at right now. Yeah, but that was that was a I bad mean, administration. You, you get a player, you get a player that's at the end of his career just because the last administration had that had had the desire to bring this player, they have to bring this player since like a couple of years ago to the to your team. Yeah. Then I mean, that's a bad administration. Yes, of course, and, and that's a bad decision towards everyone. All right, and uh, that's why he's not there anymore, though. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, so, if you it, go ahead, so I can give you an example real quick. I can give you a real quick example. If you look at if I, I we have a clip uh, where I can show you where I can show you how Chivas oh, was playing yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice right. game. So hold, hold on, stand by. Let's get so, the clip ready for you. Hold on. Uh, super. So I'm gonna get this. <laughs> All right. Well, so I think, like, in my opinion, I think that uh. Chivas has a a philosophy that they have followed like throughout the years, and it was always the attacking. I think that coaches have come into Chivas with like a, a defensive system, right. but they they've always been like failures, in my opinion. Like I said, okay, but where has the has the mentality or that system has got you to last? I mean, before I'm sorry, before Jorge Vergara passed away, he had only got two trophies. Oh. All right. That was about it. All right, and when, let's go ahead and uh, why don't you break down this play that that uh, you were talking about? Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so if you look at that video, you have you have Beltran, Chofis, and Molina uh, touching the ball around, doing that triangle, right? And then and then once once they're playing that through ball, 
you can see if you stop the if you stop the the clip where Ch where Chapo Sanchez has the ball, you can see the great you can see the line of four of Toluca, and then you can see the three the three center mids, which is William, uh, Rios, and I forgot the other the other guy's name. I'm sorry, um, but you can see you can see right there where Chivas is attacking with four players, and then they have their line of three right right there in the middle too, right. So the so the so the movement the movement for Chapo Sanchez is he he passes the ball he overlaps he moves and then they they do that triangle so soccer is mainly about triangles triangles and rumbas this is what I learned from uh, being able to work with guys like Javier Aguirre and Manuel Video which are people that I've, I've learned a lot from so if, if you you have that triangle once you open that once you open that open that space you move into space you can you can be able to generate plays like that you have a great checking movement from Ronaldo Cisneros. Which he has the ball, and I mean, what Beltran does is just great. What Beltran is just a great technique on hitting the ball, and that's how the goal gets done. Yeah, that was that was a beautiful play. I liked that one really much. Actually, it was 15 touches that they did during that play, and well, it, uh, it was it was actually it, it was actually 12 touches. Well, 12 uh, touches around that play. That that was reviewing it too, and I, and uh, and. Yeah, when when the goal happened, yes, uh, but I think it was like actually three more before that. The point is, yeah, I mean, we're not gonna argue about no, like no, how no, many. No. It, no, it, it, it was. was... It, it, this was actually. This, look, I I think what we're getting to here is that this was Chivas at its finest. Would you agree, Super? Yes, yeah. yes, and that's yeah, what yeah. we want to see. And uh, unfortunately, that that uh, uh that red card just came in with like a cold shower. Yeah, it came in at the. It came yes. at, yeah, it came in at the wrong moment when Chivas was playing the best. Is when that red card came in. Yes, they had, I think, around 60 minutes that they were, like, playing beautiful. Yes, I liked what they were playing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like I said, unfortunately, it's soccer, and it have, things like that happen in the game. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Edwin, so there's another play. Obviously, we brought you in uh, to uh, to join L3 Online because you're an analyst. You play the sport. Uh, there's another play that you also yes, wanted sir. to play, right? Uh, a really quick, super. Yeah, so, be be before we get to it, I want to ask Super uh, really quick about uh, San Luis Nacaxa. What did you think about that? As I get ready for the clip for you, okay? Okay. Well, uh, it was uh, you know I I missed that game, but I <laughs> 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 no, I was watching the reviews and uh, you know the Caxas played pretty good uh, despite the the. They I just lost threw a Super under the bus. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, no. Despite that, they lost uh, all those players last last uh, from last season. They're doing pretty good, I think, in my opinion. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, we're going to put that clip over for you. This is the uh, – you want to talk to us about it really quick? So, yeah. So uh, what I wanted to show you in that clip is the great the great way of uh, Memo Vasquez being able to set those players, to set those plays on a, on a stop ball right there on corners, on on free kicks, where he's a, he's a guy that, that really puts his time on those type of plays. You can see the you can see that that corner kick where the where the player is taking the corner is lifting his hand right. That so that that means first post, and so he does that cross. And once he does that cross, uh, Necaxa is, is doing their personal mark. They lose they lose the mark, and then Catalan just um, Catalan just come in and say headed. If you can if you pay attention to the to the play, Catalan comes from way behind, in, and and he just goes straight to second post. It's kind of like the same thing the Oliver Peralta did and and uh, in los Juegos Olímpicos with Marco Fabian. It's kind of the same thing. You just—it's kind of the same thing Rafa Marquez we used to do in Barcelona. It's—it's just—it's just a great way to to uh, get those goals and be, being able to take advantage of those plays. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was uh, that appeared to be a pretty beautiful play overall for for uh, for San Luis and uh, and Necaxa. So, uh, Super, I wanna I wanna ask you then uh, out of uh, San Luis and Necaxa right now. San Luis is obviously Chivas' next opponent, right? Yes. Uh, they're gonna play on yeah. Friday. So, Super, what uh, what do you think is gonna be Chivas' biggest success against San Luis, or what could help them out? Well, I think it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough, but now, now he's uh, Tena is gonna be obligated to use his refuerzos because of uh, the all these injuries that that they're they mounting have. up, right? Yes. Yeah. They have three guys out right now, and now they got the red card with Cisneros. So I think his only option now is uh, Oribe Peralta and, and uh, the forward. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what he does with his formation because uh, 
like I said, he has key players out. You know, Macias, Alexis Vega, and now Chapito Sanchez. That is one of his uh, uh, like favorites. Yeah. You know? What? Uh, hey, Edwin. What do you think uh, Chivas needs to do in order for them to get the, the W? It, it's just all you got to do is just keep playing the way you've been playing, keep keep getting ready for that strategy, and now moving that starting eleven a lot. Um, like I said, basically the core of Chivas is those three midfielders that have been playing great, that have been able to recover balls and and sweep balls to the to their um, wings to be able to get that to get get their close counter attacks. It's a really fast team. Chivas is a really young team now, and it's a really fast team, and I think that that could take an, that could be an advantage for them. Uh, all right. So really quick, before we wrap things up here with you, I wanted to ask you from this particular weekend, who is the one team or the one matchup, I'm sorry, that uh, you're looking forward to the most and why should fans watch it? Wow. That's, that's a tough question. Cause honestly, I will say Pachuca because I'm a Pachuca fan, but uh, <laughs> Pachuca is not, not, not doing that great. All right. Be objective <laughs> then be, be neutral. So without, without picking um, your heart, who do you think is the uh, which which game are, is the one that fans should watch because of good football, obviously? Yeah, of course. Honestly, I'm gonna go with Chivas against San Luis. I think I think San Luis is doing it's, it's playing pretty good, and Chivas Chivas is is, is is playing a soccer that's solid. It, it might not be for everyone, but it's solid, and it could be a really good strategic game. All right, super. Would you agree? Yes, and they have very similar. Uh, they have very similar records right now, so they only like offer like one goal in favor. So, uh, you know, it should be a really uh, entertaining game. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Hey, Edwin, we want to thank you very much for taking your time in, and obviously we look to having you throughout the remaining part of the season. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's great that uh, you, you're able to help us break down these plays and you're able to give us the perspective that most of us at home uh, don't necessarily have, man. We want to thank you for that, man. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it for the opportunity. And once again, I'm thrilled to be part of this family again. Absolutely, man. You're welcome here anytime. All right, dude. So thank you. There, there you go. <laughs> Until next time, man. And I'm ready for you next time. Yeah, super. Nos vemos, Erwin. Take care, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, dude. So. That was Edwin Casares again, uh, uh, our, our new acquisition, our star signing. <laughs> <laughs> El super, refuerzo de lujo. Super, te tienes que poner las pilas, si no, te van a yes, quitar la chamba. No, ya, güey. Este güey, shoot. You know. <laughs> Se la sabe de todas, todas. <laughs> yeah, so, anyhow, dude. There's no one that can replace me, man. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> es que, lo que pasa es que estás bien mojado, por eso. You're the super mojado. There you go. Um, all right, so... Man, I'm like, uh, I'm just thinking here. Oh man, you lost it. What's going no, on? No, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm also looking at the comments. That's why. And uh, Samara Perez has been doing a really good job, at, um, you know, at the question. So we're actually bringing to bring her on in just a second, because uh, she's gonna announce the winner of the, uh, of the prize. We're gonna be giving away a little gift card. Uh, para ver a quién le va a dar el, pre el premio esta Samara. It looks like she's got a, she did a pretty good job getting a, a lot of interaction. So. Uh, you know, we'll bring it. We'll bring her in in just a second. Um, right. but anyway, all right. So, aside from the Chivas game from this week, let me let me talk to you about the other game. So, uh, actually, this uh, other topic, um, Monterrey, right? The defending champions. Yes. Not off to a good start. So, what do we make of that right now? Is there any reason to be concerned? because of the way they're playing. And now it's rumored that Funes Mori might be leaving as well, right? Well, uh, what, what do you make all of that? I think it's too soon. It's only the, Actually, for them, it's only two games into the season because they had that week, first week off. So I think, no, I think it's, they're going to do all right. You know, it's, they're obviously, they had the, 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 they went to the Mundial de Clubes and they finished the league, like literally like one week prior to the, uh, to the new season starting. So I think uh, this should be all right. I mean, and uh, it's going to take a, a while for them to get back into the rhythm. So they shouldn't have anything to worry about. You're, you you think that they're they're fine? No issues? No, I think they're fine, man. Okay. Fine. All right, let's talk about some other coaches that could potentially be in the hot seat right now. Who do you think 
uh, is probably because right now uh, Robert Dante, Dante Siboldi ended up getting a very important win for Cruz Azul. They won 3-0 against a tough opponent in Santos, right? So is it just smoke or is he still like kind of like he should he still be worried about his job? What do you make of that one? Well, it's hard with Cruz Azul, man. I don't know if they're going to la van a hacer la Cruz Azuleada anytime soon. <laughs> it could be one of those, you know. No, I think he should be all right. I mean, I think he should, uh, um, you know, he got a victory and kind of like took a lot of pressure out of him, you know. And it was contundente. It was not like uh, they won 1-0 and they got lucky. No, they actually won. Uh, oh, yeah, played really sure. well. And they got, like I said, a really, really good win. So that should be enough for him to not have to worry about all those rumors and, you know, like the La Directiva, they, they shouldn't have come out and, you know, try to, like, talk to the media every time a rumor like that comes comes out because that's part of the, the game also. You know, you got to be able to control not just what happens in the field but outside of it. And I don't think, uh, you know, Siboldi have, should have anything to worry about. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest concerns typically when a team is off to a slow start. Right away, Liga MX rumblings always, t you know, uh, you know, just up in the in, in, in the mix and, um, you know, it could happen. Uh, hey, really quick, I want to remind all of you guys out there tuning in also that uh, if you guys want to follow another awesome YouTube channel here uh, on the YouTube family, follow uh, Max Brettles Live. Make sure that you follow his channel because he talks about a lot of really cool stuff. All right. So follow Max Brettles. Pretty cool show. Uh, he's one of probably like one of the uh, best soccer commentators we have in the country. I know he's a good friend of Super Mojado, right? Yes. Super? Hey, uh, Max. Saludos, mi Max. And uh, <laughs> I'll be coming to you soon this year. <laughs> in el tráfico, maybe. Hey. And yeah, let's don't forget that he works for LAFC also over there. Uh I think he narrates all their games, right? Uh, most of their games. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, he does a really great great job. So. Yeah, so we got to make sure that uh, that all of you guys out there follow Max Bretos uh, at Max Bretos Live. Watch his shows. Really cool content. Follow him on Twitter, all his social media outlets. Um, but anyhow, so before uh, we move on and talk about the prices, uh, what was the biggest takeaway for you this weekend from Liga MX? Well, it was a tough one. You know, Pumas... Pumas being up there on the Super Liderato, um, I think that uh, uh, it does good for La Universidad, you know, like La UNAM, uh, especially because they didn't get like all these refuerzos, superstars coming into the team. So they're basically doing this with some canteranos. And that's what we want to see more and more of in the whole league, not just with Pumas or Chivas or Pachuca, but... We want to see more people. Even now, America is is kind of like getting that, getting into that. You know, they've been playing with a lot of uh, canteranos. I think it was up to nine at one point. So that's a good thing. You know, that's a good thing that I see from the league getting more, more, more Mexican players in out there. All right, super. I think uh, we're uh, just about ready to get Samara Perez. I see her already firing up her uh, Skype and uh, <laughs> she's getting ready. But I wanted to find out that she had a. a potential winner so she's gonna i don't know how she's gonna do it it's really up to her to announce who the winner is yes uh i just saw that she was like you know just throwing the questions out there rapid fire and people were just like ta, 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 you know um <laughs> so i don't know if she's gonna do like a random draw or, or or whatever but like we're gonna announce the winner right now so let me actually go ahead and bring her in a ver samara donde estas what's up samara perez Hey guys, what's going on? Just here tuning in to y'all and this learning. Hey, Samara, ¿cómo estás? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got yes. you. All right, so tell us what you're okay. going to be doing, Samara. Tell us. Okay, so um, I actually uh, decided to add everybody who was participating, you know, except uh, Leo because he is part of the ETO team. <laughs> yeah, I see <laughs> Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you cannot participate on this one. Or should I, Joe? Let me let me know. Like it's you're up the, to you. It's, you're it's, your, it's your rules, not Le my leave rules. Leave him out. El super mojado va a decir to leave him out. I'm just not leave him out this one time, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I went ahead and uh, picked the winner randomly, 
And I have a winner if you guys are ready for me to announce. All right, let's do part. it. A ver. So are you going to do the winner or are you going to announce names and then you're going to... ¿Cómo lo vas a hacer? Or are you just going to like pick the winner? That's it. All right. I'm just going to announce the winner. Um, and but before uh, I announce uh, him, I just wanted to thank everybody for participating and for tuning in. Um, you know, somebody Everybody else came from, um, but thank you for uh, just interacting. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, we just want to have fun on here. Yeah. All right. A ver, pues. Uh, Dinos. The winner is, well, this is their name on YouTube. I'm not sure of their real name, but uh, if you could tell us your real name. Uh, the winner is Too Real Multimedia. Yay. Ahí está. Ahí está, super. Two yeah, Real Multimedia. Congratulations, uh, Two Real. Uh, let's just hope that you are real and not fake. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not like a bot. Hey, uh, Samara, so what, uh, what did he do? How did he do on his questions? Oh, he answered the first one correctly, the second one, the third one. He was pretty much interacting oh, nice. the whole time. Nice. nice. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I pick, but it was a random pick and he was the winner or all right she all right oh, well to yeah, rio we'll multimedia see. thank you very much for participating congratulations to you again congratulations on being a ganador you're gonna get a gift card make sure that you reach us out uh either send us an email to info at el .com or reach us to reach out to us directly on our instagram uh social media all right samara Eres chingona. Thank you very much for everything. We appreciate it. Ahí está. Imagínate cosas chingonas, Samara. All right, super. All right, bye, Samara. Take care. Bye, guys. All right, super. So, ahí está. Man, the show flew. I know, man. It's always fun when, you know, when you do this because, you know, it's just something that you love to do and we love to interact with the fans too so keep on coming because it's it's always uh nicer when we have an audience absolutely absolutely um so super before we start wrapping things up um what well, give me your your some of your final words dude well uh, we got we have to end just the way we started you know giving our condolences to all the families that you know we're involved in this tragic tragic accident you know i don't wish that on my enemies or anyone you know at all because especially when kids are involved you know it's just too sad and uh you know like i said once again all 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 the best and for the families very well said super very well said um all right well I think uh, you guys who have been tuning in and watching uh, us here at El Tri Online know that I typically wear my Mago hat uh, and give a, like a little speech or whatnot. But um, I think the mood is very somber. I think the mood today, there's no need for me to wear a hat to let you guys know how I feel. And I think at the end of the day, uh, there is no lesson to be learned. There is only mourning that we can do. It's a tragedy that no matter what, uh, it's going to be difficult for the family to overcome. But the one thing that all of us can reflect on is that we live in borrowed time and we just really don't know when our time on the earth is going to, you know, be the last, the last time that we have, the last time that we breathe. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how much money you make. The one thing that you can never buy back is time, regardless of who you are, that doesn't forgive anyone uh and when it's your time unfortunately you know that takes you and there's nothing that we can do about it um you know i'm i'm really i'm really heartbroken for kobe his family his daughter who literally had her entire life ahead of her and i'm really i just want to tell all of you today that if you have family members out there if you have any grudges if you have anything out there that's holding you back from talking or giving a hug 
or saying I love you to anyone that you care about. Just think about that. Think about Kobe and think about how you just never know when you can leave your house and it could be the last time you see your loved one. So thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, God bless Kobe. God bless his family. And until next time, take care.